Hi there, and welcome to the Simply Living for Him podcast. I'm Karen DeBuse from Simply Living for Him. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Simply Living for Him podcast. On this podcast, I talk about all things simple, whether it's life out here on our little hobby farm, how I keep it simple in my homeschool, or you'll always just hear a lot about Jesus, because I truly do believe the remedy for clutter and chaos in our world is Jesus. The more you desire him, the less you naturally desire the things of this world and the easier it is to live more simply. Last week, I traveled out to Denver, Colorado for the Rocky Mountain Homeschool Conference, so I wasn't here on the podcast. I wanna tell you about that experience because God really taught me so, so much during that time of travel and ministry. And I just want to share that with you guys. I actually said on my Instagram, oh, I'm going to tell you guys all the things that God has done. And I just never got to do it. And really, it's so much that it would be too much for an Instagram post or a story. So I will share about it here on the podcast. And then I want to talk about, um, you know, it's funny. I actually wanted to talk today about alternatives after high school, like what happens after homeschooling high school, uh, or even if you're not homeschooling, you know, other alternatives to college and things like that, because my children have gone on to do not necessarily the um, traditional four-year college. And so I wanted to talk about that. But then as I was preparing to sit down and talk about that, I really felt like the Lord was like, yeah, touch on that. But I really want you to talk and encourage moms if they are doing enough, because this is the theme everywhere that I have encountered, especially when I was traveling and and ministering last week, was hearing from moms who really just feel like they're not doing enough. So we are going to talk about that. If you're a homeschooler, you're going to want to make sure to listen in, take notes, because these are things that we all deal with. But even if you're not a homeschooler, I can guarantee you that the same principles apply in your life, uh, no matter what stage or age of life you are in. So listen up in a few minutes. We will get into it. But first, I want to thank my podcast sponsor, Apologia. Right now, Apologia, which is an award-winning Christ-centered homeschool curriculum provider, uh, right now they have a 25% off site-wide sale. So they are celebrating the summer season with 25% off savings on their award-winning homeschool curriculum now through August 31st, 2022. Plus, you will receive free shipping with a qualifying order of $150 or more in the contiguous United States. We have always used Apology in our homeschool pretty much in some way, shape, or form. We've used it over the years, and it has never disappointed. It's pretty much one of our very favorite um curriculum that we have stuck with over the years. Elementary science is the one that we loved the most. We have used um, high school, we have used middle school, but for sure elementary was a fit for all of my children. Uh, We've used their health and nutrition course, we've used their biblical worldview courses. So they have textbook, they have online, digital print, they have it all. So go check it out and take advantage of this amazing sale right now at Apologia.com. Okay, so Let me just first talk with you guys about my trip out to Colorado because the lessons that I learned there are so relevant to your homeschool, to your life as a parent, to your life as a woman, as a Christian. If you guys have followed me for 
any amount of time, you will know that pretty much every time I travel, I have some kind of issue. It never fails. Like it's always hard to travel. The week before, I will have multiple things go wrong in my family, in my home, in my household, in my life. Multiple things try to distract me and derail me. Multiple things try to stop me from going. It happens. I mean, you would think I'd be used to it by now. It happens every time I'm speaking at an event. I mean, most speakers will tell you the same thing. Like if you're having effective ministry, the enemy is going to try to stop it. And so many times I'm so used to this, um, you know, scenario every time. And you would think I'd be prepared by now, but this time especially, I felt extremely under attack. And, um, you know, traveling this year in general has been exhausting for me and difficult. And so there was this trip coming up. I've been very exhausted. And, you know, so there was that, like just that normal, you know, exhaustion. And I was like, oh, this is just, you know, tiring and all of that. And so that was kind of weighing on me. I was just I was just kind of feeling like I don't want to say unmotivated, but just exhausted, you know, and sort of like, you know, I just have to do this trip. And then I was changing it from I have to do this trip to I get to do this trip like this is exciting and I get to travel and I get to minister and I get to share my message about Jesus. And that's what it's all about. So I was really trying to stay in that frame of mind. And as the time got closer to go away, you know, I started to feel um, very much, I don't want to say afraid, but I guess kind of afraid. Um, And I couldn't really pinpoint it why. And it was just like, you know what? I said to Steve, why do I do this? Like all of this happens every single time I do a trip. Like why? And he's always so good about pointing me to Jesus. He's just like, because this is what God called you to do and just do it. And so the day comes for the trip and there was a lot of effort to be going into going. Now, I was supposed to originally speak for three days out in Colorado, but because of various personal reasons and circumstances, the conference was so gracious to accommodate me that I would only be coming out actually for the one day because that would just really be helpful for me physically to not have to travel for the three days and just um, family situations and things going on here at home. I didn't want to be away. You know, a three-day trip is really not a three-day trip because you have like two days beforehand repair two days afterwards to recoup and just all the preparations and all that. So it was very gracious that I would only have to go out for the one day to speak. Now, I had gone out to Colorado back in March to speak at the Refresh Homeschool Moms event that was put on by the same organization, Check, that was putting on the Rocky Mountain Homeschool Conference. That was literally one of my favorite events I've ever done. There was something about that event, all the women that I um, was able to meet and encourage. I just loved that event. So I was really excited to actually go back. It's just me getting there sometimes. (laughs) That is hard. So Anyway, um, I was only going out for the one day. So I was going to be speaking on Thursday all day. The plan was I was going to fly out Wednesday evening, speak on Thursday, and fly back home Thursday, really midnight on Thursday, like overnight into Friday. Sounds a little crazy, but that was what I thought would work best for being home and whatever. So Wednesday, my flight was, I believe, 5 p.m. 
you're supposed to be there two hours early, you know, and I had to bring my son about a half an hour away to a friend's house where he was going to hang out until my husband was able to come out of work and pick him up. So because I didn't want him to be alone all day, his brothers were working and everything else. So I um, had to drive him a half an hour, then I had to drive an hour down to my mother in law's who was going to bring me to the airport. So I was going to drive down an hour to her house and leave my car there and then another half an hour in the car from her house to the airport. So right there, you know, it's kind of a lot of traveling, whatever. But as I'm getting ready to leave, I get a uh, text from the airline. Uh, an alert comes on my phone that instead of being there two hours early, I should get there three hours early because there is a large volume of people at the airport because of summer travel. Turns out I found out that I traveled on the busiest day of the year so far <laughs> in the airport. So anyway, um, I figure out timing. I'm like, all right, so now I got to get there three hours early and I have an hour drive and then another half an hour here, another half an hour there. So it's like two hours in the car. So, you know, we're talking like being there five hours early at this point or leaving at five hours earlier than my flight. So it's like a lot, right? That goes into it. It's not just like, oh, you get on the flight. Then you have a four and a half hour flight. So anyway, I am walking out the door. I'm a little bit anxious, which is normal as I'm, you know, trying to leave home. I'm, I'm a little bit anxious. I'm walking out the door. I've got my coffee in hand, my phone in my hand. Um, and as I walk out, my coffee kind of splashes out of the top and onto my phone. And I'm like, okay, whatever. I have one of those, you know, protective covers over it. Um, it's pretty waterproof. But I get in the car and now literally I didn't submerge my phone and coffee. It splashed. I get in the car and I plug in my uh, charger into the phone and I get an alert on my phone that says liquid detected to remove the charger or you will damage the phone. And I'm like, okay. And now my phone isn't charging. And so I try to like blow on the phone, you know, shake any excess fluid out. There was literally like it's splashed on my phone. Plus it has this protective cover. So somehow liquid got into the charging port or whatever it is. Um, and so I'm like, okay, no big deal. I'm sure it'll be fine. By the time I get to my friend's house to drop off my son, we'll check it again. So I'm not too panicked, but I start to get these thoughts in my head. Like, well, what if the phone doesn't charge? You know, if my phone runs out of charge, I mean, this is the way we live these days, right? Everything is on my phone. My uh, boarding pass, all of the information for traveling, the information for the conference, you know, being in touch with my family, the Uber app, because I was going to have to take an Uber when I got there. All these things, you know, are on my phone. And I'm thinking like, what am I going to do? I'm like, just don't think about it. Just don't think about it. I get to my friend's house. I tell her what's going on. She's like, let's try it. I try it. It's still not charging. So I'm thinking, well, what am I going to do? And she's like, you know what? You print out your boarding pass when you get there. Like, you know, we used to do in the olden days. You have your computer. If you need to, you know, get in touch with people, you can text from your computer. You have the information for the conference on your computer. She's trying to calm me down. And I'm like, okay, I can do this. So then I get in the car now to go the next hour down to my mother-in-law's house. And I'm like, I'm just not going to charge the phone. I'm just going to leave it and let it dry out. And we'll see what happens when we get there. Well, lo and behold, we get to my mother-in-law's and it works. So that's great. I plug it in and it works. So it's like, okay, I put that fire out. And so I'm still feeling very anxious at this point because at this point, I start to think in my head, this is an awful lot of 
I don't want to use the word investment because it has nothing to do with money, but I'm like, this is an awful lot of effort, I guess, you know, going into this trip. And I'm only speaking tomorrow three times. Like, I guess I was kind of wrestling with the Lord. Like, Lord, why am I doing all this for three times? So keep that in mind. Um, And so I get, you know, to my mother-in-law's. She drives me to the airport. I get to the airport three hours early. My phone is working. Yay, it's charging. I get to the airport. I go through security, all that rigmarole. I fly out of Newark here in New Jersey. It is not a fun airport to fly out of. It is packed. It is crazy. It is, you know, all those things. So I finally get in, get settled, find my gate, and I uh, decide I'm going to have something to eat. I'm going to sit at the gate have something to eat, uh, you know, enjoy just relaxing and try to focus on why the Lord is bringing me to Colorado. So I'm relaxed at the gate. I'm feeling a little bit better. Uh, I had three hours to kill. You know, I'm sitting there for a while and I have some, um, some supper. I have some coffee and I'm just hanging out. And so it is now about 10 minutes, I think, until boarding. So I'm like, you know what? I better go use the restroom because I don't want to go down the plane. So I use the restroom always right before boarding. Go use the restroom, come back. And like I said, I think it's about 10 minutes before boarding. And I look at my app or at my phone because I start to realize 10 minutes before boarding and no one's like lining up. What is going on? There had come a, um, a what's it called? A notification through my phone that the gate was changed. Now, the gate was changed and they really didn't give me much time. So I, it had come through my phone and I didn't notice, but it didn't come through that much before. So it's kind of crazy that the gate changed at the last minute, but whatever. So here I have been there three hours early, sitting at the gate, all tucked in, ready to go. And now I'm like, okay, they changed the gate. No big whoop. I will just go to the other gate. I look up the gate. Now, Newark Airport is a very large airport. I, I look at the gate and I'm like, okay, where is this gate? Because it's nowhere near where I am. <clears throat> and so I put in the airport uh, map. You can put it, which is so great, you know, with your handy dandy app and all the technology. I put in the airport app uh, in the map where I am and what gate I need to go to. And it puts in the directions. It says it's a 14 minute walk. I've got 10 minutes till boarding. And to boot, it's like completely on the other side of the terminal. It's nowhere near. It's completely in a different wing or whatever you want to call it. So now I'm like, this is so frustrating. I've been here three hours early and now this. So I go running down to the gate and, um, you know, sweating. I am sweating at this point. I get down to the gate and everybody's all lined up already. You know how everybody lines up so early. Everybody is lined up already for the gate uh, for boarding. So I get in the line and I'm like, all right, at least I'm here. We haven't boarded yet. I'm in the line. And then they make this announcement. Oh, we're clean in the plane. It's going to be at least another 15 or 20 minutes, which is great that I wasn't late, but I just booked it through the airport like a crazy woman. I'm sweating. Um, one of the things that uh, my physical issues that I've been talking, um, I haven't talked about recently here, but I've mentioned or alluded to, I have an issue with my heart where it will speed up um, way more than it's supposed to. And I'm on medication, I'm being treated for it. Um, I also have something called POTS. So if anybody out there knows what that is, you understand these kinds of fluctuations in heart rate and things like that. So I am now standing, which is 
again, when your heart is pounding because you've been running through the airport and you have these medical things, it's like you just want to die. I'm sweating. I'm like, I'm, I, I don't want to get on this plane right now. And so now they're like, you're going to be in this line for like 15 or 20 minutes. I really can't get off the line because there's so many people in front of me and behind me and I don't really want to like do that. So now I'm just like standing there and I start texting Steve and I'm like, I'm coming off the line. Like, this is ridiculous. Like all of this effort today, spill the coffee, the phone, traveling down to my mother-in-law's, you know, all these things, get to the airport early, change the gate. Like they all start just like building up and I'm thinking, why? Why? Why am I doing all of this for three sessions tomorrow? And I said to Steve at one point, I I don't know, like if I was having a panic attack or something, or it's just my medical issues, but I was sweating. I was dizzy. I was like, maybe I'm having a panic attack, but I want to get off this line. I am not getting on this plane like this. You know, I'm leaving my family behind and just all the things like as a mom, you start to feel guilty, whatever. And he's like, no, you're going. And so it took everything in me. And this is not even going into all the things that kind of happened up leading up to this point during the week, just personally and at home. Um, so all of these things come, you know, flying at me at once and I want to get off the plane and I'm like, he's like, no. So I'm like, all right, I will get on the plane. I will get on the plane. I am going to fight this battle because I know that God wants me there. Like, I just know, you know, sometimes you just... It doesn't make sense in the natural. It doesn't make sense logically. Like, yeah, you can be like, why are you doing all that effort to go out there for three sessions? But, you know, I I really felt that this was what I was supposed to do. But it did take everything in me to get on that plane. And once I was on that plane, I was like, all right, I'm doing it. I'm here. There's no turning back. But I have to say, I was panicking. And then the plane takes off and I will just be really brief, but there is something about um, just being in the air above the earth and looking down and seeing our beautiful like land below us and, and this clouds. And I mean, there is just something about when you just are in the air like that, where you put everything into perspective and all of a sudden it's like everything fades away. All of the craziness fades away. You just get this bird's eye perspective. You feel closer to the Lord when you're up in the sky. Like there's all that. So I was much more at peace when I was flying out there. Um, So lo and behold, I get to Colorado. I, uh, you know, navigate that airport, which I feel like Denver's a pretty big airport as well. You got to take a train and all this stuff. Then I have to take an Uber, which I've never done before. You guys know I'm not really one to travel alone. The Lord has stretched me a lot this year and I've had to travel alone several times. So I uh, take the Uber, which is all new to me, get to the airport, feeling pretty good. Like, all right, I'm doing it. I'm here. I made it. Here's the next thing that happens. I check in, they give me my keys, I go up to my room, all I want to do, it's like 9.30 at night at this point, you know, I re- remember I've been, and and this is um, their time, so it's really 11.30 my time, and I think I left my house at 12 uh, noon, so I'm like, I just want to get in the bed, and I just want to prepare for tomorrow, and I just want to get in my Bible and pray and all that, I open the door, I hear the TV on, and I'm like, what? I don't think you should hear the TV on in the room you're checking into, and a woman comes slowly out from behind the wall. And I'm like, oh my goodness. I just entered an occupied room. I slowly back away because I'm thinking this lady probably thinks I'm crazy. And I'm like, I am so sorry. I am so, so sorry. And so I back away. I'm like, they just gave me these keys. I just checked in. I have no idea what's going on. 
So I shut the door. I am mortified. I go back to the desk. We work it all out. They give me new room keys. I go up to my room. Moral of that story, always deadbolt your door, people. You never know who's going to come in. Some crazy lady who's been traveling all day like me might just show up. So anyway, let's skip through because this story can just go on and on because honestly, so many things happened that I was just like, okay, you know, why am I here? Why am I here? Like, it just felt really hard, right? So God is in the hard. And I think that what I learned a lot was ministry is not supposed to be easy. Life is not supposed to be easy. And we don't work in God's economy. This is what I've learned most of all. Matthew 6, 25 uh, 25 to 34 says, you know, about not worrying. And I've talked about this passage all the time on here, you know, and, and he talks about, you know, Uh, the pagans, that they look at, you know, what to eat, what to drink, what to wear, all the material things, all the worldly things. They worry about those things. But then it says down in Matthew 6, 33, we are to seek him first. And he knows what we need. He'll give us all those things. And I just kept thinking about that in terms of this trip. Like in my head, I was kind of trying to calculate in the worldly economy. You know, I'm putting all this effort in. I'm doing all these things. Is it really worth it for three sessions. Well, let me tell you how worth it it was. Three sessions, never underestimate, first of all. I I should be saying to myself, I will travel out there and I will do all these hours of work and I will do all this, you know, crazy stuff because one person might be helped. That's God's economy. God is like, you know what? You may never even know if one person is helped, but I told you to go, so you better listen. Seek me first, and I'll take care of everything else. I don't operate, he's saying, in your economy. Just listen to me and do what I say, and I will take care of everything else. And so I went out there. I did the three sessions. I have never talked to so many people afterwards than I did at these sessions and ministered with them and talked to them and prayed with them. And um, you know, I was saying to people, "If you, I'm here now because I wasn't flying out till midnight. So I was done speaking at 3.30. And I was like, I'm here now for the day. If anybody wants to chat, you know, hit me up. Just send me a message. I'll meet you at the lobby or we'll go for coffee. And, you know, we can chat and I can pray with you. And people took me up on that offer. And I was able to sit with women. Um, One sweet woman, I sat with her an hour and a half in the lobby before I went back to the airport that night. And it was amazing because I know that little old me has nothing to do with me, but I had words that they needed to hear. That I had um, that message that I always go to conventions with. I'm not there to tell you how to do math. I'm not there to tell you how to do history. I'm not there to sell you my products. I am there to point you to Jesus. And that is, how do you measure, like, you know, oh, is it worth it? It's worth it if one person is pointed to Jesus. And so I just kept realizing over and over that God's economy is not my economy. He doesn't say, well, what you put in is exactly what you get out. He says, follow me and do what I say, and I'll take care of everything else. And so this trip really changed me because I said to Steve last night, you know, I got a message from the one woman that I was chatting with, and and she was just like, you know, you really changed my perspective and everything you said, blah, blah, blah. And I just said to him, like, this is why I do what I do, and please remind me of this the next time. I want to operate in my flesh and in my strength, and I want to understand why, why, why. Make me just follow him. 
You know, I mean, there's going to be times, I'm sure, where God doesn't want me to go on a trip and he will make that clear. But I thought to myself, as I stood in line and did all those hard things to get to that point, he wouldn't be having me get on the plane if there wasn't a reason. This wouldn't, I wouldn't even be here. He would have stopped it, right? And so in all things, I tell all of that to, to kind of um, encourage you that in all things, if you are following God, stop trying to figure it all out. He has it figured out. I didn't know that I was going to connect with so many ladies there. Like I said, this was one of the times where I think I've connected the most with people afterwards, being able to just sit and chat. Woman after woman would come up at up to me after each session and they would just be like, oh my goodness, I was in this session because I needed to hear what you said. Oh my goodness, like you just changed my perspective. Like, oh my goodness, like it was just woman after woman. Like that was just so encouraging and such a confirmation that Karen, step aside of yourself and let the Lord do his thing. Your life is not about you. For me, my life, I want it to be about serving others. And I just want my life to be about Jesus. And I cannot measure my success against worldly things. Like I can't say, well, if I'm traveling all these hours, then I must get this, this, and this out of the trip. If one person is encouraged, then it was worth every hour going. It was worth every energy, uh, amount of energy that I had to put into it. It was worth everything because it's about him. It's not about me. And so I said to Steve last night, remind me of why I do what I do. Remind me, not just in traveling and trips and ministry, in life. If I could just apply these principles to everything And just always, every single moment of every single day, be like, I am following God. I am following God. And if I'm following him, I am exactly where I need to be. And I do not have to say, but what about this? And what about that? I've got to follow him. And you know when it's the Lord leading you because you've spent time with him. You've been communicating with him. It doesn't mean it's going to be easy. I want you to hear that. If it was smooth sailing to get me there, then I wouldn't have had to rely on him and I wouldn't have been able to see his strength and I wouldn't have been able to see that um, this was all about him and not about me. So it's not always going to be easy in ministry, in life, if you're a homeschooler, if you're a parent, whatever whatever you are doing. Our main concern should be to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and let him show you what else you need. What you think you need, you may not need. He knows what we need and he'll give us all we need, but we must seek him first. And so one of the main themes that I heard when I was ministering this weekend, as I was ministering to women over and over and over was, am I doing enough in my homeschool? And again, this can apply to you if you're a homeschooler or not, because we all feel like, are we doing enough in our life, right? But as far as homeschooling, Every single mom is worried they're not doing enough. Every single mom is worried they're not doing enough because they're comparing to what everybody else is doing. So the principle here about seeking him first, you've got to apply that to your homeschool. If you are seeking God first in your homeschool, you're doing enough. Let me repeat that. If you are seeking God first in your homeschool, you are doing enough. Why? Because he says in that passage, seek me first. And all of these things will be given to you. That means the curriculum, the things you're worried about, you know, math and social studies and all of the science and 
this method and this style, those things are completely secondary to your success. Your success comes from following him and he will show you how to do it. And we've all got it backwards. We're like, I've got to find the best curriculum. I've got to find the best style of teaching. I've got to find the best method. I've got to find the best planner. I've got to find the best, you name it, blah, blah, blah. And then we go and we ask the Lord to bless our plans. It is not the way it's supposed to be. We are supposed to seek him first and trust he will give us all we need. And what's happening these days, whether you're, you know, I'm talking about homeschool, but you can apply this to whatever situation you're in. What happens these days is we're thinking, seek the best curriculum and my child will be okay. Seek the best style. Have the best looking schoolroom. We're seeking the wrong things and it's distracting us and then it's defeating us because we're unsure if we're doing it right. The only way to do it right is to follow him. Now, over the years, I've preached this message many times since I started blogging, I don't know, 10, 12 years ago now. 12 years ago, I think it was. And so, you know, I've been preaching this message over and over And I can only see it now more clearer than ever that this is the truth. This is, you know, I'm not just saying this to be warm and fuzzy. Seek him first because all the times where I took my eyes off of him is when I would flounder, when I would think I was failing. But whenever I turned my eyes back to him, just like me getting on that plane, I was so ready to get off that plane. Are you a homeschooler and you're so ready to quit? And you're so ready like me to just be like, I'm getting off this plane. I'm getting off this homeschool track. But then Steve spoke to me and said, God called you to do it. Do it. And if you're homeschooling, same thing. God called you to do it. Do it. Stop looking at the circumstances surrounding you. Like me saying, oh, but it's so hard. It's been so hard today to get here. That must mean I shouldn't do it. No, in fact, that means you should get your eyes on Jesus because he's got something big for you. If your homeschool is hard, get your eyes on Jesus. He's got a huge blessing for this journey for you. If you're feeling like, oh, this is, uh, I'm just putting so much time and effort into this. Is it enough? Is it worth it? If you're following him, it sure is. Because God doesn't work in our economy. He doesn't work with, oh, your, your child's getting straight A's. You're successful. Your child's, you know, achieving this and that. You're successful. He's saying, are you and your children following me? That's true. Success. And then trust me to give you all you need. If your children are to go to college, they'll do it. If your children are to go be a missionary, they'll do it. If your children are to go work in corporate America, they'll do it. But you must be following me first. First. It's not the other way around. It's not, I want my child to go to college, then I'll go pray about it. I want my child to do this and that, then I'll go pray about it. It's seek me first and let my plan unfold for you and your children. And so, so many of the moms, I just want to hug them when they say, I don't know if I'm doing enough. And I say, you know what? In your own strength, it will never be enough. You cannot do enough. You cannot do it all. But in his strength, you're doing exactly what you need to do. So we have to, as homeschool moms, step aside. Empty ourselves of us. 
and our goals and our aspirations and our ambitions and be filled with him and do it in his strength. Would you share this message with all of your homeschooling groups, with all of your homeschooling family, friends? Because this is the message that families need to hear. We are not supposed to be operating in a worldly system and saying, I need to do this. I need to do that. If the Lord wills your children to go to college, if the Lord wills your children to have straight A's, if the Lord wills your children to do all these achievements, he will do them. But it's got to be his plan and not yours. And so my children, I have two grown adults now that are graduated and I have seen I have seen what happens when we surrender our children and our homeschools to him. I had my plans. I wanted to look like the good homeschooler. I wanted to impress the family members that didn't agree with homeschooling. But that's not what it's about. This is way bigger than impressing people. This is way bigger than competing with people. This is about Raising disciples in a generation that needs Christ followers. This is about so much more than am I doing enough math? Do I have the right curriculum? Guess what? We have to stop focusing on ourselves and focus on God and what God wants for our children. So people have asked me so much since I have two graduated, you know, How did you get them into college or what did you want? You know, what about after high school? What happens after homeschooling high school? I could talk about this topic forever and it probably will have to be broken into a whole nother episode about post high school. And I can share like our entire journey about how God worked, you know, during high school to lead my children to where they are now post high school. What I will stress is you will not have it all figured out. Junior year, we did not have anything figured out. We completely surrendered it to the Lord and we watched his plans unfold for my daughter and then again for my son. And even when the plan seemed crystal clear, it continued to unfold. Once she was in college, her plans have yet changed again from what we thought was the be all end all. But that is how God works. We are never going to arrive. Our children are never going to arrive. We are on a process, on a journey, on a sanctification process of growing. And life is always going to be changing. But that is why we must seek him first at the center of everything we're doing because life is going to keep changing. And as life changes, we've got to keep our gaze even more firmly fixed on him or we're just going to try to like, you know, adapt to all the changes and do this and do that. No, eyes on him and he'll lead you through the changes because the changes are part of his plan. And so a couple of things I wanted to just go over about alternatives to high school or what happens after homeschooling, right? If you're homeschooling because your be-all, end-all goal in life is to get them into Harvard, or your be-all, end-all game plan is to, you know, have them go to a certain college and do a certain career, you better make sure that's in line with the Lord's plan. Because He may change the plan. We have to trust in Him and not in our plans. So when my daughter graduated, she went off to college. She went to Bible college. So it was a very, very small private college. And a little while in, 
in her second year, she ended up getting married. Um, actually, no, wait, she got married in her third year. But in her second year is when she met her husband-to-be. And it is also when the Lord started to change her direction for her um, major and what she was majoring in and change her direction for where she wanted to go career-wise. She changed into a ministry program. And she also left the small Bible college to finish her degree online. She's doing a very alternative um, way of uh, schooling. It is completely online. And she is in a program that is affiliated with a church that she's interning at. And she is um, going to actually, because it's online and she's got a lot of credits accumulated from her original major, she's actually going to finish a bit early with a master's degree. I had never put the idea of a master's degree in my child's brain. I didn't even really, I don't want to say care, but it was never my big goal that you even had to have a four-year bachelor degree. So that's just so crazy that she's getting a master's, but she's able to use a lot of experience in the program uh, and the internship and all of these things and all these credits she had built up to actually um, end early and she'll end with her master's degree. So she is in, um, like I said, completely online. She was working as a nanny, uh, and she goes to school online and she interns at her church. She does a lot of work with her church and she's learning how to be a wife and she's a beautiful young married adult. And that all happened in her second year. So she got married this past year. She has one more year left. This is technically her senior year coming up, but she's going to be finished in um, the winter with her bachelor's and by spring she'll have her master's. And so that's very exciting because she really wasn't supposed to even graduate with her bachelor's until spring. So completely different alternative, but this is what I want you to hear. This isn't something we planned. We truly submitted to the Lord her junior year fully. We were like, whatever the Lord's plans are for her, we're just going to trust. And I pray every single day still, even though she's married, she's not out of my prayers, that's for sure. I prayed every single day for the Lord to lead her. And, you know, the plan, this, we realized that she's in his will. She's in his plan. She has a wonderful husband. She's, uh, she realized too, like after two years of living at school, like, I don't want to do that anymore. Like, I don't really, the dorm life, I'm kind of over it. She was ready to be married and, you know, have her own place and start her life with her beautiful husband whom we adore. And so that's been her alternative, I guess you can say to traditional college. And so she started out regular college, ended up online and is, you know, working and married and doing all the things. And I just really want to emphasize that you cannot like plan everything out because we didn't plan any of that to happen. Then my son, this is what I really want to hone in on for a little bit because I've had a ton of emails and questions about his gap year program. So when he came time to graduate high school, again, wasn't sure that traditional college was for him. He's very bright. It had nothing to do with, you know, people like, oh, well, they couldn't handle college. No, it had nothing to do with that. Homeschoolers do very well in college. (laughs) My daughter has done exceptionally well. She has, you know, held her grades. She has done very well with all the work and course load. Nothing to do with that. For us, 
I always stress that you don't go to college just for the sake of going to college, that uh, we are not going to go into debt in order to go to college just because you're supposed to, unless you're doing something that truly requires that degree, like a doctor or a lawyer or, you know, a nurse or whatever it is, that maybe you don't necessarily have to go to the traditional four-year college. Also, there's a million different ways you can learn these days. You know, people have their own businesses. We are very, um, you know, we have a big emphasis in our family on, on entrepreneurship because my husband has his own business. I have a business. So we, you know, we understand that we we understand that lifestyle. So we also try to, you know, teach our kids that that's a very wonderful alternative. We've really enjoyed doing that. And so, um, you know, he, he, again, it wasn't that like he couldn't handle college. We just thought it's not necessarily, you know, the trades are huge. He's worked in construction and he likes that. So he decided on his senior year that he was going to go to this gap year program. I will tell you the name of it is One Life Institute. Uh, his was out in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. And it is a very unique program in that you earn college credit. It's affiliated with Bible colleges. So you do take classes, Bible classes, and he earned 30 credits in Bible. So if he were to transfer into a Bible college, those would automatically um, be transferable to a you know Bible college. There are certain ones, I believe, that, that you can go to that they transfer to. That wasn't the main reason we did it at all, was to get the college credits or anything. But, you know, that was part of it. That was great. That's should he decide to go on to college. Um, and, you know, we would never probably uh, enroll them in a public university. So Bible college would be a great, you know, alternative if they decided to go to college. He has the 30 credits now under his belt. So the program is like, a, to me, it was like a wonderful uh, compliment to homeschooling because a lot of the credit they got was from life experience. It wasn't the traditional college courses. So even though he got the 30 credits, their their work was very different. So I'll give you a very brief overview, but they worked on a cycle, so a four-week cycle. So the first week, they would bring in a professor who would teach and lecture, and every day they would have class. And then that was more traditional. You know, they'd have books to read and assignments, etc. They'd have papers to write, things like that. A lot of discussions in the classes and all of that. The second week would be taking whatever they learned and putting it into action. So they would go out into the community and they would serve. They would go um, do things that had to do with what they were learning. They were very creative about how they had them put into action what they were learning. And so, for instance, when they were doing a um, class on cultures, they went to Peru. <laughs> When they were doing a class on creation, they went out west and they got to see God's beautiful creation. They camped in the Rocky Mountains. So you get the idea. So they got to put a lot of things into action. Um, but when they weren't traveling big trips, they would go, say, into smaller areas. They went into the very inner city of Philadelphia and served there. Um, they did a lot of different things to really see what they were learning in action. And then one week, would be all teaching back what they learned and so they would have to do presentation week and that was really good for my son because he was went into this very shy and very um, timid and he has grown in his confidence and his speaking skills and it's just been amazing and then another week they would do traveling uh, so there was this cycle that they went through um, and 
they also worked at the location where they stayed. So his location was held at a retreat center. So his program had like one of the big dorming facilities. There were 24 students that lived together, boys, you know, separate from girls, and then a common area. And then they had their like classroom and worship or, uh, you know, area where they had like Bible studies and worship time and classes and all that. Um, and so they they stayed at this retreat center in a small part of it. And then there were certain days of the week where they had to serve at the retreat center. So he worked on the maintenance crew, which he loved, and housekeeping on the weekends, which he also didn't put up a fuss about. And so they would serve there. And that's what keeps the tuition very affordable because... I mean, basically, they were working for their room and board. And so everything was included, their room and board. Um, And the program, to me, it blows my mind how affordable it is because for everything he did, traveling in the country, traveling internationally, room and board, college credit, it was less money than we paid for a year tuition of my daughter's actual college. So that's mind-blowing to me. Um, So for that, it was worth it in and of itself. And so they went on several trips, one international, the others were all within the country. Um, And so that's like a little brief overview of how it works. The, The things that he grew in, I couldn't possibly even put into a podcast episode. It's just an enormous amount of growth. They're deeply involved in the Bible and in spiritual growth. They're deeply involved in community. They learn how to live in community because they're with these 24 people. And it's very, um, you know, you're, you're learning how to live with others and all that comes into that. The other unique thing about the program is that they are not allowed to have their phones during the week. Um, They want them to be very focused on the reasons that they're there. And so I was only able to talk to him on the phone on Sundays. That was very hard for me uh, when he wasn't able to have his phone. Um, So that was one aspect that was difficult for me, but I would trade that a million times over for the amount of growth. He went from being, you know, more shy. He had never even gone to camp. Like we've never sent him on a sleepover. He had never gone to camp. Uh, so he went, you know, into this with a huge open mind, willing to grow, ready to grow. And I cannot even explain the amount of growth that has taken place uh, in his life. So I'm super excited. He is actually going again next year. They have a second kind of year program um, that he's going to be involved in. And the second year is a lot different. They don't have the rules about social media and all that. Now you're an adult and you're going to this program. Um, And it's not all focused on community, but it's actually going to be focused his on trades. And so he's going to learn uh, several different trades while he's there. And I'm just super excited. So that's what he's doing, a completely uh, different um, option than, you know, regular college. But to me, by far, everything that he is getting out of it is, again, like we talked about those, you know, when you're measuring uh, uh, investments, like, oh, is this worth it? This is beyond worth it because of the eternal like investments, I guess, the internal thing, rewards that he's getting, that the spiritual growth, um, just learning about relationships and how to live in community and the experiences of traveling and all of that. And now next year, he's going to be learning the trades. So I wanted to actually, I want to give a little plug for that because it's a brand new program and they have a few spaces open. It's called One Life Trade. I can link it in the show notes or you can Google it. Um, One Life Trade. And so If you decide or your child decides that that's something they'd be interested in, please tell them 
that I sent you, say Karen Debuse or uh, Luke Debuse, my son, sent you because <clears throat> we can actually get, um, you know, a little bit off his tuition for recommending it. But I'm recommending it not for that reason. I'm highly recommending it because we are super excited about One Life and about the program. One Life Trade, like I said, is brand new. But if you have a child who they don't want to do traditional school and trades are a huge thing right now, there's actually trade and culinary in his um in his program so you can learn culinary or you can learn trade and he's going to be learning like woodworking and carpentry and um masonry i think it is and electrical stuff like that so anyway go check it out at one life uh i will put i don't know the link off the top of my head i will put it in the show notes or like i said google it one life uh institute and one life trade is um where he is going and tell them i sent you put down our name that you heard about it from us because um, they are looking for a few more people to fill out the program. Brand new program and I'm super excited about it. So anyway, following God, that is what it's all about. Seeking him first, whether it's in homeschool, in life, whether it's after homeschool, in all that we do, we must keep our eyes on him. For me, in ministry, I wouldn't have gotten on that plane. I would have missed out on so many beautiful blessings, all because I was following the thoughts in my head and not following God. And I am so glad I chose to follow God and got on that plane last week. So let me hear what you think about this podcast. I know it was a little lengthy. I went on and on because I just felt like there was so much to tell you guys. Um, So let me know what you guys think. Go check out One Life. If you have a child that's a senior or going to be a senior or graduated and they're interested in a gap year program, you know, go check it out. Let me know. Um, If you are interested in that, I can always answer more questions. Uh, Also, lastly, the Simply Living for Him retreat is July 13th to the 15th. We are just about closed for registration. I can fit a very few more if you're interested. But also, we are doing a live stream. So what that means is you can buy a ticket. It's just $25. You will watch it live if you want, but you don't have to. You can certainly watch it while it's happening, or you will have access to watch the sessions at any time forever. So you can like grab your girlfriends and you guys can watch it together. You can make it a little girls night with your um, young adult in your life because we are going to have a session for young adults. So all the information is on my website at simplylivingforhim.com or just message me at karen at simplylivingforhim.com and I'll get you a ticket for the live stream option. Like I said, you do not have to watch it in person. It will, or not in person, uh, you know, live while it's happening. You will have access to watch all of the sessions at any time. So I hope that this podcast today encouraged you. And until the next time, I wish you all the blessings and joy in Jesus today.